I think the process is start observing how you feel about the stuff you see on the internet day in and day out, right? And and look at it through that person perspective and not as a marketer or as a business. This week, we are brought to you by Attest. Attest is a consumer research platform that enables brands to make customer understanding a competitive advantage with continuous insights. By combining unparalleled speed and data quality with on-demand research guidance, the platform makes it simple and fast to uncover opportunities with consumer data and grow without guesswork. Hello and welcome to the shiny new object podcast. My name is Tom Ollerton. I'm the founder of Automated Creative and this is a weekly podcast where I get to interview cool, clever people who lead the industry about what they think the future of the industry is about. And this week is no different. I'm on a call with Natalie Boykoff, who is Senior Team Global E-Commerce Digital Marketing and Business Development Growth Markets at Puma Group. So Natalie, we've taken up a lot of the podcast purely with your job title, but could you give us a bit of an overview about who you are, what your journey's been so far and what you do? Sure. So my my background is I come from search. Um, I started in digital in a search agency, but back in the day when things were still terribly manual and also in an agency that was building their own technology. So with that background, then I uh, moved on client side um, at MyTeresa, where I built an in-house team also for search marketing across the whole world, really. So that was an exciting, um, exciting time and opportunity. And now in my role at Puma, um, my team helps our 22 regional e-commerce businesses with their marketing. We provide strategic guidance, practical help, uh, technical infrastructure, And uh, my additional responsibility is to help our growing markets um, with their overall business and help them be seen and heard um, on a global level and get the support they need to grow their business. I do know. I think you're the first person that comes from a search background. So just curious to know, what did search set you up for when it comes to doing a global e-com role? Or Or have you forgotten all of that stuff and it may not even be relevant? Oh, no, not at all. And I, I, I still get way into it sometimes, given that I have an expert on my team who should be in charge of it. And I just can't shut up sometimes uh, because I'm really passionate about it. And actually what someone told me back when I was at that search agency is um, really knowing search in and out will set you up to manage any digital marketing activities. And I think they were right. Can you tell me why? Because you have all of it. Uh, it's by far, I think, the most complex area with so many moving parts and levers you have. Um, okay, nowadays it's much more automated, but uh, but back then it was 100% manual. And so that way, that allowed me to really learn how the technology works then as things got more automated, understand really what are all the, all the things that the algorithms factor in, how can you tweak those and uh, make them work in your favor. And especially since we have, when was that, maybe in 2014, RSA audience targeting, uh, that's what got really um, exciting because in the end, audiences 
are always more important. It's always more important who you're talking to and who you're addressing than which keyword they typed. And so that way, yeah, I got into other channels then afterwards and had no problem really understanding how it works. Also, search is along the entire funnel. And that's also something that um, that is very valuable to learn. I would love to spend the rest of the podcast uh, talking about this. I think that's such an interesting insight that search preps you for any complex marketing technology, but also primes you to think through the funnel and, and deliver against that. But that's not what this podcast is about, unfortunately. But what I, what I do want to ask you is within that career trajectory, which new belief or new behavior has improved your work life in the last five years or so? Well, having entered um, digital marketing really through a very um, data-driven perspective, and um, when I started 11 years ago, um, data-driven or customer lifetime value wasn't common practice yet, right? So um, getting in there from that really uh, data and analytical perspective and automation perspective um, was great. But what I realized now or in the past years is uh, you tend to forget that in the end, marketing is always about people. And you can't do good marketing when you don't consider how people are. <laughs> and that's been a bit the missing piece. And that is also um, what I want to talk about. And what was the eureka moment? When did that land for you? There was none. Really, there was none. I think I've mentioned it. Audiences and uh, the ability of audience targeting added to search has been a game changer, but also has changed really the, the focus on from what keywords are we targeting to what people are we targeting. And there was no eureka moment, but I'd say from there, um, things have built and, and, and have come together. And I'd say over the past almost four years that I've been working at Puma and with, with teams across the world, um, I learned that it's exactly that human factor that makes all the difference because the technology is the same everywhere. And people culture can be very different, but at the core, how people behave and what their drivers are and what they like and don't like is really universal. And that's the part that we must not forget, not as marketers and not as leaders. So as well as that great bit of advice, what top marketing tip do you have that you find yourself sharing most often with your team? I guess it's exactly that. Um, marketing. You, can't, you can't have the same question twice. That's, uh, yeah. that's not fair. <laughs> no, but marketing is not about the technology. It's not about the products or the numbers. It's really about people. And what do you say to someone who says, what, what do you mean? Like, surely it's all about the technology. You talk about search and how that's developed, how automation has changed that. Then surely it's about the technology, right? You, you want to get people to, to come to your website. And so they type in certain words. So therefore, you need a technology that links those, that action of writing those words to get the traffic to your website to convert on your product. Help me understand how the human part of that works better. How you solve the, the complexities of scale when adding human humans into what is a largely already automated process? Well, I guess it's more, um, it's more than a strategic orientation, right? Um, what I've seen not work well so many times is a technology first approach and strategy. When we say we need this or that technology, because that's what's uh, the hot shit right now. And 
we need that. So let's do it, but not embedded in that context. How does it help us? How does it make us communicate with people better as a brand or as a shop? And um, this is really the key part. We've also seen the best intentions um, really fail when we apply technology without thinking what it's supposed to do for people. This episode of the Shiny New Object podcast is brought to you in partnership with Manfest. Whether it's live in London or streamed online to the global marketing community, you can always expect a distinctive and daring blend of fast-paced content, startup innovation pitches, and unconventional entertainment from Madfest events. You'll find me causing trouble on stage, recording live versions of this podcast, and sharing a beer with the nicest and most influential people in marketing. Check it out at www.madfestlondon.com. So we're at the halfway stage now. So we're going to move on to your shiny new object, which is unsurprisingly, based on a conversation already, is refocusing on people to make better marketing. So I think you've laid out your your stall to a degree. So what I would like to do is, is start to get more specific, right? So it would seem that your gospel is focus on people. The technology is there to serve the marketing to people. You're speaking from a human to a human. But can, can you help me understand without obviously giving away any company secrets, like how you do that? What is the process for that? It's, it's that it, do you have like a core philosophy that works across all channels or do you take that on a channel by channel basis? Help me understand how you apply this refocusing on people to make better marketing. Again, it's, it, there is no process for it right? It's really about checking yourself and how you think and what you observe. And if you look at digital marketing in general, it does not have a good reputation. It is not something that people enjoy or like. It, it's mostly perceived as being intrusive, annoying, distracting. So I think the process is start observing how you feel about the stuff you see on the internet day in and day out, right? And, and look at it through that person perspective and not as a marketer or as a business. I think a good example would be, I checked out a champagne website, didn't have a lot of purchase intent, was more browsing and looking around on the weekend. And then on Monday morning... Is that what you do at the weekend, Natalie? Is that your... <laughs> no, why not? Is that, is that how you entertain yourself? Just <laughs> perusing champagne websites? Sounds why idyllic. Not? <laughs> why not? Good, good point. Why not? Carry on. So Monday morning at 6.30 a.m., I got up. I checked my social feeds, as you do at breakfast. And I got flooded with ads from, I think, 10 different brands and shops at 6.30 in the morning. So even though, let's say the creative might have been really attractive and nice, and it really did make me feel like having a glass of champagne uh, for all the wrong reasons, probably. But most of all, it made me frustrated because I can't have that now and I can't do that now. And it's just not the time and place for it. And that is one of the basic thoughts and basic considerations that we tend to not have anymore because we're relying on all that automation so much. And this is a thought that only a human can add, right? So and I've been thinking about this quite a lot recently. I saw, I saw a post from a very senior figure in the industry. And what that person was doing was was bemoaning about the fact that someone, a salesperson had had outreached to that person. And this person wrote, is very senior at a, a very famous platform. And, and this person was complaining that 
that automation had sort of served him a rubbish ad because this person said, "Hey, person, would you like to learn more about this?" and the, and and the, the this was the core competency of one of the you know top five digital platforms. And he was on LinkedIn saying, look, this is stupid. Why would you approach this company about this core competency, right? And then it, it made me think, yeah, that's kind of fair enough, but definitely automated that outreach, 100%. But isn't that kind of what brands are doing anyway? They're just kind of spraying out a message to an audience in the hope that it lands at the right person at the right time. But because the the impression is so cheap, it doesn't matter if you're you're spraying people with with the wrong message at the wrong time. And, and so I'll push that kind of back onto you. So sure, you got alcohol adverts too early in, in the morning when you didn't want them and it wasn't necessary. But ultimately, does that matter? Who, who loses here? I'm mean, sure you lose a few seconds of attention, but ultimately you'll stay in the, the funnel for that purchase. So I was kind of arguing the side of the, the, the advertiser here, but what's your take on that? Of course, and, and, and I, I know exactly what you mean because that's what everyone does right now. But that's exactly what I think has brought us here where 90 5% at least of the advertising you see day in, day out is irrelevant at the time you see it. And there's way too much of it as well. So just because on paper and looking at the data, it's still profitable for you to do this activity, you're still spamming the other 95% who don't click and are not interested. And it's everything so cluttered and crowded and, and there's so much going on. I, I really wish we would do less and better instead and focus on quality engagement and really take responsibility for the experience we give people when they browse the internet. And so what do you think the solutions are? And I was listening to the, the, the Pivot podcast this morning, I think it's called the, is it called Pivot, the Scott Galloway one? Anyway, um, and you know, he was talking about uh, new subscription models where like will users move towards a model where you 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 pay to be in a like a media ecosystem like Apple's, for example, and then you are going to completely remove all of these kind of unwanted ads. Yeah, sure, there will be ads within that, but do you, do you think that consumers will want to pay for a, a, a more premium experience where it is less cluttered, or is the fact that there's just going to be this? A huge audience of people are just going to want stuff for free and are prepared to pay the price of attention. Well, I think there'll always be people who are ready um, then to pay to not see ads. But even all of those who won't or can't, why can't we make it nicer for everyone? And so the, what's, the very what's, fact that so those models exist now and there is the necessity of coming up with ways of, you know, um, not being bothered by ads because they are bothering people is to be more thoughtful about what we are showing and when and to whom, right? If, if there wouldn't be subscription models like that, if generally advertising wasn't perceived as something really bad and annoying. And it's, it's actually, it's a shame we got there because we do have the technology and the data to do a lot better for everyone. So you're saying two things that I, I find equally exciting and I'm equally passionate about. The first of which is that it makes business sense just to to spray these ads out there, right? Like it, it has a return that yields more return than the cost of putting it out there. So that's that's good. So that's good business. But then at the same time, you're like, I want to make this better, better experience, better content, better targeting, better ads. At the right at the right time for the right person for the right reason. So there's there's a gulf between those those two things, right? So how how do how are you starting to to redress that sort of that chasm between those two things? I think the data perspective is 
valid to a certain point, but it's just not enough. Even if, let's say, your spraying impressions and, and all of that is profitable for you on paper, because a few people then clicked and bought something and it's all good. If you think about all the other ones that didn't react and for whom the message and the ad was not relevant, what do you do with them? And what can the impact be? I think it can be very damaging actually to a brand or a business, annoy people often enough. And when they see your name, they will have negative feelings. And that's what it's about. It's considering how people feel. So, okay, I'm going to agree with you. So how do you how do you do that? How do you solve that problem? How are you making sure that every time anyone sees one of your ads on whatever platform, that even if someone doesn't want to buy something, that it creates a, a positive impression or at least a neutral one? It's really about about thinking thinking about how we want to make people feel. Right? We know fear, for example, is a major driver, and fear can sell very well. But that doesn't mean it's right, and we should do it. It would be better for everyone if we thought not just about what is the product we want to get out there and the message and all those features, but how, how do we want to make people feel? It should be a positive interaction. And I think it's our responsibility to make sure that our marketing either informs or really gives something useful, educates, or just simply entertains or makes someone smile. I mean, how many ads do you see every day and how many of those make you smile or say, oh yes, this is great. It's super rare. Yeah, that's not not generally my my experience of a, of a, other people's online advertising. And I can't remember who I was interviewed on the podcast about this. And and I think one of the the tensions is that if you really want to do empathetic, user centric, emotionally aware advertising, you, you wouldn't do it at all. Because, like, you know, my pet hate for paid content is when I'm looking at a recipe, you know, you arrive at, I don't know if you use recipes, I do a bit, but I, I just want the recipe. But yeah, I have to scroll through slowly loading ads that may, that probably, I mean, I don't even care if the ads are about cooking. Like, if they, I just, like, what I want is the shortest amount of time to the ingredient list as possible. Right? I'm fairly handy in the kitchen. I can make, I just need to know, I just need to know what's in it. I'll make everything else up. So I don't want much. I, you know, I don't need to be taken on a story. And so therefore, any ad is is detrimental to that experience and that's just me but so so therefore any ad that is interruptive isn't empathetic it isn't user-centric it's disruptive how do you deal with that or is it just a case of you're always going to piss someone off so you might as well do it in a beautiful way mm, no not quite i think being very transparent and acknowledging the fact that at least in the state that it's in, digital marketing is just a necessary evil that we have, all have to deal with. Um, I'd say might as well make the best out of it, but also be very open about it. What I've seen, what what I really like, and often that's you know small digital native companies that are really customer centric and that make product that is made for customers and to meet customers' needs and so on. And sometimes they do a fantastic job at that, and they. For example, you're on YouTube, right? You look for how to remove a wine stain from your carpet because that just happened. <laughs> and then you get you, you get an ad, right? Because they're just there. And acknowledging the interruption 
is really powerful. And I've seen that and it always made me feel understood and positive about that advertiser. So I understand how that works in a like a linear viewing experience, like like YouTube, for example. Like I want to learn how this thing, oh, there's an ad. Oh, okay, I'll give it two two seconds of my time. And then, oh, sorry to interrupt you, but like we would like, you know, to add to the thing you're going to watch, but get back to my recipe scenario where I'm, I'm kind of flicking through and I'm, I'm just trying to get the recipe and I'm like, there's a car ad, there's a plane ad, there's a whatever ad. I wouldn't be able to acknowledge that they, their acknowledgement because I, I wouldn't even, I'm not even looking at it. It's just, it's literally a, a like the, the page won't load because there's a unit that hasn't pulled the ad in. So, so how do you deal, how, how do you approach that situation? I think this is where that whole uh, less is more thinking comes in. Of course, as advertisers, we can't really influence how much ads publishers cram, uh, cram on their pages. But we can, from an advertiser standpoint, we can finally start not looking at impressions anymore. Impressions are never a goal by itself and focus on impression. Impressions is what got us there. That we see pages that are just, you know, full of ads and slow loading and, and give an overall terrible experience and a bad reputation to digital marketing. So unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. And I think that we've kind of opened a wound here on this podcast and really, you know, looked at the, uh, like the, the grisly details. But I, I'm really moved by your unflinching desire to make it better for the consumer in any way that you can. And yes, there's a ton of questions there that we've asked, but we haven't been able to solve. But I think if everyone had your intention to deliver an entertaining, fun, heartwarming, great experience in every touch point, then the internet would be a better place. And I, I've, I feel really grateful that I've been able to help you draw that line in the sand and, and make that statement. Thank you so much. I've, I could go on about it forever. I'd say oh, yes. <laughs> to conclude, the first step is you know, be a, be a person first, not a marketer first and think like a person. And it starts with yourself. There's no process. It's, it's the way of thinking and acknowledge that the state of things is maddening for everyone involved and it's not working great. So we can all do better and we should strive to do better. And many of us and probably people who listen to your podcast are in a position where they can do that. And this is why I wanted to talk about that. So if anyone would like to get in touch with you, Natalie, to talk about this topic or any other, how would you like them to do that? And where would you like them to do that? LinkedIn is great. I don't tweet. So LinkedIn is great. Uh, if somebody wants to contact me, if you have something to sell, same thing, just be a person, get straight to the point what you want. Um, we all hear way too much of blah, 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 blah. Nobody wants that. Just let me know how you think you can really help me. And if it's just for networking, yeah, then just send me an invite and tell me what you want to talk about. I'm always happy to talk about those things. Natalie, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Tom. Hi, just before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to write a review of the Shiny New Object Podcast on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever it's called these days, or whichever podcast provider you use. We're an indie podcast, so it would go a long way for us if you could just share the word and give us a bit of a support on those channels. That would just be fantastic. If you haven't got time, that's also cool. And yeah, if you could tell your colleagues about the podcast and also, if possible, don't forget to subscribe. And I'd love to hear your feedback uh, if you'd like to speak on the podcast or be a guest or 
you think I'm asking the wrong questions, anything, I'd be super interested to hear what you think. So please email me at tom at automatedcreative.net. That's T-O-M at, uh, I'm not going to bother spelling it. Anyway, you'll work it out. Thanks so much.